What's going on, Transformation Church? It is good to be with you online again and uh, coming to you in the middle of what has been a shaking for a lot of us, obviously, um, for our nation, for our world, and um, for many of us personally. And so uh, we've been in a series called Unshakable Church, and I think it's been uh, in fact, uh, affecting a lot of us. It's been helping me, uh, helping my faith, and um, I've heard a lot of great feedback. And I want to shift a little bit. Uh, next week is Easter. Today is Palm Sunday. What an amazing uh, day it is. Jesus is actually riding in uh, into Jerusalem on this day, on, on the Palm Sunday, and, and there's crowds and masses of people, and, and we get this picture of Jesus as an unshakable believer. That's what I want to look at the next few weeks. Next week will be Easter. Uh, we got some great things in store for Easter, so you do not want to miss that. And then we actually have a drive-through uh, pickup next Saturday. Uh, you can go to, to our, our cafe building. Uh, all the information's online, and I, I believe the times are 10 to 12. I'm not sure that the info's online, but, but we've got an Easter box. There'll be communion in it. If you'd go pick that up, and then you can have that. There's some surprises in it for your family. And then, and then Easter Sunday, we're all going to take communion together and uh, look and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Come on, I think we need that as a, as a church family. How powerful will that be? And then if you're watching and you're not in this state or you can't come pick up a communion box, you can take communion with some bread and juice right there in your home with us next week. Uh, this week, Palm Sunday, we get a picture of an unshakable believer. We get a picture of Jesus, this unshakable life. Now, we really want to look at an unshakable life, some aspects of an unshakable life. I mean, Jesus right here is riding in on a donkey, the foal of a donkey, a little, a little a baby donkey, right? And, and he's, he's got people surrounding him. Some are infatuated with him. Some are infuriated with him. And, and there's all different different types of people in this moment. And Jesus isn't shaken by any of it. He, he's coming in lowly, the Bible says. His status is low. His stature is low. He's not, he doesn't, he's not bothered by his status with people. Some love him, some are infuriated, some are infatuated. They're gonna turn on him. He's not bothered by that. He's not bothered by his status. He's got this low status. He's not bothered by Satan's plan. Satan is going to impose upon him the most cruel, horrific death that mankind has ever known in two days. And Jesus is rolling in on a donkey, waving like the prom king in the back of a Corvette, somebody. Come on. He, he's, he's at total peace. Why? What is it about him? He, here's, here's what I believe. He's riding into his purpose. And, and, and I think that sometimes uh, we get problems in our life and, and, and we think problems steal our peace. We get, we get shaken up and we think that problems actually steal our peace. Write this down. Problems without his purpose steal our peace. Problems don't steal your peace. Problems without God's purpose steal your peace. And Jesus is, is full of peace because he's actually in the middle of God's purpose, even though everything is shaken around him. John 16, Jesus says this right before he goes to the cross. He's trying to bring comfort to us. He says, I told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He promises us stress. The word trouble is just stress. He promises, promises that we're going to be shaken at times. He promises pressure in the world and I think sometimes we've bought into this lie that there's not gonna be any pressure on our life or, 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 or we say it like this, God won't give you more than you can handle. That the Bible does not say that. Like that is, that is a lie that we believe. The Bible says you're not gonna be tempted beyond what you can bear. God will always prepare a way of escape whenever you're tempted. 
But he doesn't say that he's not gonna put more on you than you can handle. All through the Bible, people are giving things that they could not handle, problems and pressure and pain. And here's why I know God's not gonna give you more than you can handle or that, that God will give you more than you can handle. He isn't gonna give you a purpose that, that doesn't require his power. God's not gonna put a purpose in your life that doesn't need his power and his presence in your life. So I, wanna, I want you to write this down. Peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God's power and purpose in your life. So right now, to, to, to really be unshakable, we need to cry out to God for purpose. Like, God, what's my purpose in this? God, what do you want from me? God, I need your power in the middle of this. I think sometimes we think peace is the absence of problems. I mean, think about a guitar and the stresses on a guitar. If there's no tension or no stress on the guitar strings, there's no music. Just the, too much tension and pressure, all the strings snap and, and there's no music. There's got to be the right amount of tension and pressure. I think God is always allowing us to have a little tension and a little pressure and a little stress in our life. So there's this music of grace that comes off of our life. We're going to have an unshakable life, an unshakable believing life. And here's a story I want to share with you of a guy that, that does a couple things, and I believe it helped him be unshakable in the midst of great tragedy. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. This is the story about a synagogue leader named Jairus. It says this in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, he, he had actually come into this region again. He'd been there one time before. No one believed in him, and now he's coming back. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she would be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And then, and then the story keeps on going. You, you know the part where he's actually interrupted and a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years comes up and grabs the, the hem of his garment and gets healed. I'm not gonna go into that story right now because I, I wanna look at another aspect, but, but she gets healed and Jesus has some dialogue about her and her faith. And then, and then he's interrupted as he's on the way with Jairus. He begins to be interrupted. Verse 35, it says this, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the leader anymore? Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him and after he, put the, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and he went where the child was. He took her by the hand and he said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished and he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and they told him to give her something to eat. I mean, here's the picture of this story. Jesus comes into the region again. He, no one believed in him the first time. Now he's coming back into the region. And Jairus, this synagogue leader, a man of great reputation, great leadership in that community, comes, presses through the crowd, falls at Jesus' feet and says, Master, Jesus, heal my daughter. She's sick and dying. And if you could come and you come with me, she would be healed. I, I think it's an amazing picture of this unshakable life. The first thing I want to look at for you and I to have an unshakable life is worship. I think the first key to an unshakable life is a life of worship. There's a lot of definitions of worship in the Bible. I mean, some people think it's raising hands and singing. Some people think it's attending church. Some people think it's falling on their face. Some, there's all different types of definitions. I mean, there's kneeling and lying on your face and, and singing. There's, all that's true. 
But, but this picture that I want, I want to look at of worship in this story where Jairus falls at Jesus' feet, the first thought I want to give you about worship is this. Worship is an active lifestyle of humility. It's an active lifestyle of humility. He falls at his feet. He's a synagogue leader. The synagogue leaders in Jesus did not get along. I mean, think about it, the reputation and the leadership and risking his reputation. And he goes, and he, everybody was thronging Jesus and pushing in on Jesus. But this man, he's the only one on his knees laying face down going, you're the only one that can save my daughter. It was this picture of humility, like less of me and more of you, Jesus. Less of me, God. I need less of me. My only hope is in you, God. I think in this season, I think worship for me anyway is, is one of the keys to staying in humility and staying surrendered to God and going, you know what, God, anything you need for my life, my life is yours. Whatever you want to do with it, you can have my life. I, I surrender God. Galatians 2.20 says this. It says that we are crucified with Christ. You know the verse. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. When it says it's no longer I that live, that word I is ego in Greek. It actually means no longer does my ego live but Christ lives in me and through me. Here's my question. Is your ego robbing you of an unshakable life? Is, is your self-sufficiency or is your ego letting you think that you can handle everything on your own? If we're really submitted to God, if God is really God, can't we continue to bow down and worship him when everything is shaken around us, no matter what our circumstances look like? I think it's important right now with so much shaking going on, the world is being shaken and I think some of us are being shaken. And we're called believers. My brother growing up, he was a little skinny dude. I was a little chubby dude. And uh, I had some insulation. He didn't have any insulation on his body. So if we go swimming or we go to the beach or whatever, it could be, it could be at the beach and, 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 and it'd be sunny out, but he could get in cold water and just start shaking. I mean, have you ever, and if you're, if, and listen, if you, any, all you skinny people out there, you know what I'm talking about. And you just start shaking and you, it's like, un, he would shake uncontrollably and like his teeth just start chattering, teeth clicking, you know, he can't stop. And you could put blankets around him, you could do everything you could do to try to warm him up and it wouldn't stop. I didn't have that problem. I think right now, a lot of believers have this chattering teeth, shaking faith problem. And it's just like, and they can't stop it. And the only answer to it is Holy Spirit worship, like worshiping God in humility. God, you've got my life. You've got my life under control. I give it to you. I need some Holy Spirit insulation. God, I'm going to worship you in humility. I think a lot of times we, we have tough moments in our life and our humility gets activated. But when, when times aren't as tough, humility may, might not be as active. And so I just want to ask you, are you missing out on some strength because your humility isn't as active as it needs to be right now. I, I know for me, I know, I know for me, hold up in my house and trying to figure out church and life and, and friendships and, and we're doing all of our business on Zoom calls and meeting with our staff and team. I mean, there's a little bit of, it'd be easy to shake a little bit. I've got to stop and worship and go, okay, God, I need, I need you to be the one that's in control of all these things. And so I don't want to miss out on God's strength because my humility is not active. I would encourage you, let God be the one that you're founded on and grounded on. It's not about you or your circumstances. It's not about me, God, I exalt you. It's not about me, God, I lift you up in this. God, I worship you actively in this. God, I'm going to humble myself. Whatever you want to do with my life, you're in control. Come on, there's words like, he's our rock. He's our fortress. He's our stability. We are grounded and founded in humility. 
with Jesus being the cornerstone of our life. I think that's what we really need right now. So that first thought of worship is just an active life of humility. We move on in the story and we see this woman who is, is healed with this issue of blood. And then all of a sudden Jesus is interrupted. And right as he's being interrupted, the, the, the Jairus, the messengers come and they tell Jairus, hey, your daughter's dead. Don't bother Jesus any longer. It's over. It doesn't matter. And Jesus kind of overhears it. I mean, think about this. This is the worst moment of Jairus's life. A dad, your daughter's dead. She's gone. Don't bother the teacher. I mean, the worst news that he could possibly ever get. Jesus overhears it and he says, hey, don't be afraid. Just believe. Like, he didn't say, I'm so sorry. Like, he didn't console him. He didn't, he didn't say, oh my gosh. I, there was no shock. There was no awe. There was no, I mean, the worst moment. Jairus is about to give up. I mean, his daughter's dead and Jesus just says five words in the worst part of his life. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And I think Jesus said this for a reason. I think, I think it's the second part of an unshakable life. I, I, I think what was happening was Jairus was believing God for something that was difficult. Heal my daughter. But now he had to believe God for something that was impossible. And so there was this shift in what he needed in his life. The second part of worship, the second definition for worship is this. Worship is an active lifestyle of faith. This man has to believe God. He was believing God for something difficult. Now he has to believe God for something impossible. Every day of your life, every day of my life, we're going to have the opportunity to believe for things that are difficult and to believe for things that are impossible in God. There's going to be difficult times and impossible times. And right now it feels like there's some impossible times, but God's saying, I need you to have an active faith, a daily faith, a believing faith that I can handle, that I am God. And Jairus decides to believe Jesus. Romans 12, 1 says this when it comes to an active lifestyle of worship. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's interesting that he says, you being a living sacrifice is your proper worship. Not being conformed to the world, but being transformed in your mind. He, he doesn't say that he wants you to be a dead sacrifice. Usually sacrifices are dead. Come on. There's an altar and they put the sacrifice on the altar and it's lit on fire and it's dead, right? God's saying to you and I, I want you to live actively in faith where you decide daily not to climb off or crawl out of the fire or climb off of the altar. That you would trust me in that place of sacrifice and that's actually your act of worship. Not allowing anything to conform you but to stay on the altar of God and to give your life in worship actively to God in faith. That's a powerful place of worship. Here's what I want to ask you. That's a lifestyle of faith. Is your lifestyle robbing you of an unshakable life? Come on, it says don't be conformed. Like, is your lifestyle, are your habits, are your patterns, are your friends, who's around you? Like, what's robbing you of an unshakable life? Are some of these decisions you're making pulling from an unshakable life and kind of robbing you of that strength and that security? All these people are around Jesus and Jairus. What type of people do you have around your life that are helping you live an active lifestyle of faith? When they show up to the house, who's around these guys? The Bible says they were mourners and they were weeping and crying and mourning. It, the funeral had already started. So Jairus and Jesus, here's the picture. The, the people come and say, don't bother Jesus. 
your daughter's already dead and they begin to go to the house anyway because Jesus says, don't be afraid. And they all start walking to the house. And when they get there, the, more, the, the funeral's in session. They're mourning and crying and weeping and wailing. It's the loudest wailing and crying. Can you imagine coming into that scene? And, and, so, and so what was happening was in Jewish culture, they had people that were actually paid to mourn. So if someone died, they, had they called them professional mourners. They were actually paid to show up and mourn and wail and weep with the family. And so when these boys get there, when Jesus and the disciples get there with Jairus, it, it, they're all screaming and wailing at the house. And Jesus actually he stops it all. These guys were paid and employed to mourn. Here's my question to you. What have you employed in your life that is amplifying your pain? What have you paid and promoted that actually is just amplifying the pain in your life? I, I don't know what, what, what type of decision. What have you actually paid that is your biggest hindrance? What have you employed? What have, what's your go-to that's the biggest hindrance of strong faith in your life, of active faith in your life? Come on, I know for me what my go-tos are. Come on, what have you employed? Is it a website? Is it somebody in your DMs? Is it a mindset? Well, this is just how I am. Is it a mentality? Like, this is how they are. Well, I, my mom was like this. My dad was like this. I'll always be like, well, that's just, we, you know, it, just it just is what it is. What does that even mean? Like, I always hear people say, it just is what it is. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What is that? What do you mean it is what it is? I know what it is. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, have you, have you employed a, a, a statement or a, a, a saying or just a default? I think sometimes we employ things and all they do is promote and amplify our pain. These dudes were paid mourners, just amplifying, wailing loudly that your daughter's dead. This, this was, causing, was causing worry and not worship, was causing things to amplify of worry. Come on, there's things around our life sometimes that are just amplifying worry and not worship. I think some of you might have employed friends that fail so you don't have to live up to what God's called you to. You're just failing to fit in. Come on, maybe you've employed a cheeseburger so you can just numb your cares in food. I, I don't know, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a drug, maybe, it, maybe it's, it's I, I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna encourage you, when Jesus and these guys show up, they decide to throw out all of the people that are mourning and screaming and wailing. Jesus only lets the three disciples in and brings the mom and dad. And he actually, the Bible says that he, they're screaming, they're wailing, they're crying. And the Bible says that he makes them leave the house. Can you imagine? I mean, Jesus and these boys go, go bouncer mode on them. Like you out, it's over, last call, you're done. And they, they forcefully remove, when it says that he made them leave, it's actually the same uh, wording when he made the whip in the temple and drove out all the money changers. It, this isn't a pretty scene. Like Jesus, for, he starts picking people up off the couch. Come on. He goes Medea on them, like you're out. And gets him out of his house. What do you, what do you need to throw out of your life right now? What do you need to forcefully remove from your life that all it's doing is amplifying your pain and your problems? It's the decisions that you keep actually employing over and over and over that God's saying, I believe this is a season to actually throw some stuff out of our lives that have served no purpose but to amplify our pain. 
He has this active lifestyle of faith. Who's around you? Who's around him? Jesus says, I'm not going to let this be in your life any longer. Throws them out of the house and, and, and gets a foundation for an unshakable life for Jairus' daughter to be healed. They go in. The rest of the story, you know, the three disciples and the mom and dad go in and actually he speaks to this man's young daughter and says, Talitha, kum. And, and I want to close with a couple of thoughts. I'm going to close. For, I, the, the, the word Talitha kum is in Aramaic. Jesus decides not to use Hebrew there and uses this, this local terminology, this local saying. It's like, it means little girl, but it actually means little lamb. And he, and he, he kind of just gently, it's like this precious term, like little one, little lamb, cherish one. It's, it actually means like sweetheart, sweetheart, get up. He tells everybody that she's not dead, she's sleeping, and they all laugh at him. And he goes in and just says, sweetheart, get up. And she rises back from the sleep, back from dead. I, I don't know. And, and when Jesus actually speaks to her that way, it just shows us the heart of God right now. That you can have active faith because God's heart is the heart of a father. When you think of Jesus today, some of you think he's mad. Some of you think he's angry. Some of you think that he's this harsh God. That he's No, Jesus is showing up in towns when everything's been shaken, when people have lost their family, they've been sick, they've been hurt, they need healed. He shows up and says, sweetheart, son, daughter, Maybe you have misplaced fear about who God is and you're just thinking like, I can't, can I even trust him in this shaking? And you feel like everything in your life is shaking. I think sometimes we got, our life is like this two liter bottle and everything just feels like it's shaking around us and all this pressure on the inside is just building up. And, and I just want to encourage you, like Jesus is saying to you, son, daughter, you can trust me. I go to the beach often with my kids and Multiple times my children have been hidden by a wave and just totally shaken up. If you've got kids, you know what that looks like. Just, just slammed by a wave. I mean, literally, it's scary as a father. And I, I would run to their rescue and they're, they're coming up out of the water and can't breathe and trying to figure out. If you've ever been slammed by a wave, you know what I'm talking about. Trying to get your bearings and, 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 and figure out where shore is. And every time it's happening, I've come to rescue them. They're, they're actually running for the shore. And what I do and what I did for them was I would actually grab them up into my arms and hold them. And they would be crying and screaming to get to the shore. And I wouldn't let them go to shore. I, I know the shore looked safe. I know the shore looked like security. But the reality is the safest place was in their father's arms. The safest place was where dad was. And some of you feel like you've been hit by a wave or you've been shaken up and you're like trying to get to shore and you're trying to find security in anything you can. And I just want to tell you the safest place is in the middle of God's plan, in the middle of God's arms. He's a father. Maybe you've forgotten, like he's your father, like he's got it, he's the creator. Anytime you've been shaken, he's got it today. Maybe you're under pressure. Pressure builds in silence. And this is what, why worship is so important. As I close today, I wanna, I wanna pray for you. Pressure comes when our life is shaken up and continually shaken and there's no outlet, there's no way for the pressure to be released. Pressure builds up in silence. I think sometimes we have so much pressure in our life. The apostle Paul said that he was pressed beyond measure. He actually said that he was so pressured he couldn't even count it all. Pressed beyond measure. Some of you feel like you're so pressured right now you can't even count all the ways. 
Paul at one point said, I can't even come to you because my life, I, I'm so depressed, I actually want to die. Paul said that. Listen to me. If, if, if the man that wrote the, the book, two-thirds of the New Testament, felt like life was about to kill him at one moment, life can get to you and I sometimes. And he felt like he was just under pressure. And here's what's scary. When pressure grows in silence or builds in silence, we have to have an outlet. And there's three things that can happen under pressure. You can either be shaken and shaken and shaken and shaken and shaken until all of a sudden this thing drops and explodes or, you, or someone takes the cap off and it just explodes and the cap goes flying off because there's so much pressure on the inside and that's just not a healthy way to live. Or, or you could be shaken up and then let it settle and not deal with it. You can be shaken up again and shaken up and then let it settle and not deal with it. And shaken up again and after years of that and months of that and maybe weeks of that all of a sudden there's no fizz inside that bottle there's no there's no life there's no fizz there's no passion many times we just don't deal with it we don't have a healthy outlet for it and we just get stale and numb and no passion no purpose on the inside because we've had so much pressure but the healthy way the healthy outlet is just to I don't know about you but I don't trust my kids, so sometimes they shake stuff up on me. So whenever I go to open up a two-liter, I, I, I'm cautious. I'm, but, but I've got the power to be able to just slowly open it, right? Just and just slowly have this release valve of the pressure in a healthy way that actually keeps the fizz and the point of Coca-Cola, somebody. I think worship is the healthy outlet. It's the valve to release the pressure in our life. You can't keep letting the pressure build in silence. I want to encourage you today. If you're so pressed that you can't even count the ways, we're going to turn it over to God today. You're going to be able to not worry as much anymore. You're going to be able to actually get at home and worship. Come on, we have worship moments during the week online. You can worship. We don't do it because we think we need more to do. We do it because we know it's the outlet. We know it's the release valve for pressure that's building up in this time. If you feel shaken, come on, we're going to let God, we're going to allow worship to actually relieve some pressure from the inside. Come on, worship actually allows you to keep your fizz, somebody. You, you're, some of you are losing your fizz right now. You're losing your passion, your purpose, and just got to worship a little bit. God, you're my God, and I need you. So if you're watching me today and you just feel like you're pressed and shaken and you need an unshakable life, I'm here to tell you that worship Active humility and active faith are the key to worship in this season right now. If you would just begin to worship God, He's going to take things that have caused you to worry and give you the antidote, which is worship, and actually give you His Spirit instead of worry. So that's why I want to pray for you. Number one, I want to pray that God would give you His Spirit today and not, and not worry. That He would exchange, that you would exchange worry for worship and actually get the Spirit of the living God into your life. And the first way to, to, to start that is actually to surrender your life to Jesus. So some of you might be watching today and you've never given your life to Christ. I think an unshakable life right now in these times starts with surrender to Jesus. Maybe you feel like you can't handle it any longer. You can't do it on your, your own and you know that you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ. Today's the day. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer that you would actually begin to See pressure come off your life if, you, if you're shaken and you would have an unshakable life through worship. And then I want to pray that you would surrender to Jesus Christ today. Come on, pray with me. 
Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power of worship. We thank you that worship actually allows us to have a release valve of worry and pressure and stress. You said in this world we would have it, but you've overcome the world so we could actually take heart. So I pray for individuals out there listening that are worrying, that are locked down by worry, that they would take heart today, that they wouldn't have to, to, to have no problems to have peace, that they would actually find purpose and your power in the middle of these problems right now. I pray supernaturally, Holy Spirit, invade their houses, invade their rooms, invade their lives, invade their hearts right now by the power of God and give them purpose and power in the middle of every problem that they're, that they're facing right now, God. In the middle of any pressure, I ask for your power to show up right now. And if you're watching and you say, you know what, Jamie, I, I need Jesus. I, I've never surrendered my life. That's where to start, a life grounded and founded in Jesus. There's no other way to get peace. Come on, there's no other way than to give your life to the creator of the universe who wants to be on your side and work on your behalf. There's no other greater way to get peace besides that. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So if you're watching right now, I wanna pray for you. If you would just type in our comments, just type in the, in the section on the side, I need Jesus. I believe. Just type Jesus right there. Just let us know that you need God. You need Jesus, that you're ready to surrender today. And we want to pray with you. We want to actually send you a, a resource. We'll give you a link and a resource, a link you can follow. We want to pray with you. You can text uh, to the prayer link right now. You can see that in the chat. But just text Jesus right now. Just all, all anybody watching all over the world, all over, all over the living, living rooms and homes and houses, if you're in stress and you feel like you've been shaken and you need an unshakable life it only comes in Jesus <clears throat> it comes through surrendering to Jesus not religion not church not rules not regulation it just comes through grace Jesus a man came to this planet died on a cross rose from the dead to give you the life of God if you need that life today just type Jesus right now I want to pray with you you can pray this simple prayer with me right now Father thank you for sending your son Jesus Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life in humility. I believe in you. I believe that you are God. I believe that you rose from the dead on that cross, that you died to take my sins and my shame and my guilt. Lord, I surrender. I need you as my peace. I need you to be the Lord and leader of my life. I need you, Jesus. Thank you for coming back to life and giving me your life today. Fill me with your spirit. I will serve you the rest of my days and I will worship instead of worry in Jesus name come on everybody amen 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 you just made a fresh start God's given you worship instead of worry I love you so much come on next week is Easter let's take communion together we'll see you this week online have an awesome week come on you are an unshakable believer in Jesus name